There's nothing more humbling and inspiring and attractive than witnessing somebody be truly and uniquely exceptional. Except, of course, for their journeys. Maybe it's luck. Maybe it's genetics. Maybe it's work ethic. Scott and I wanted to see if we could discover what makes some of the universe's most incredible humans the successes they've become. And ultimately, find out exactly how they became... Ugh, so good. Hey, you hey guys. guys, it's Scott from Pentatonix Superfruit. And this is Rozzy, a singer-songwriter, and... Um, this is... Ugh, uh, you're, you're so, so good. good. And our guest today is seriously amazing at what he does. He's an Olympic figure skater. He's won multiple national championships. He has a bronze medal from the 2018 Olympics. Yeah, which is insane, which made him the first openly gay person to win a medal. He's, I think, the first gay Olympian. Yeah, I that's think so, out, too. Which is absolutely insane. He was on Dancing with the Stars. He won Dancing with the Stars. Yes, and then he's a judge on the kids' And he has his own YouTube channel. Yeah, he just is the coolest. Adam Rippon, ladies and gentlemen. What an honor it is to be considered the best. <laughs> yes, no, yes. No, this podcast, I don't know if you know, because we're so unbelievably casual all the time. But the point right. of this podcast is, ugh, you're so good. Like, I'm happy for you, but also jealous. That's like the vibe for our guests. Right. Mm-hmm. There's like a little bit of anger behind it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like the anger I bring into like my everyday life. Like, ugh, yeah. exactly. I am so good. Yeah. <laughs> Adam is an Olympian. Olympian, ice skater, first gay medalist Which from I America or like the world? Um. The world. That's <laughs> fucking cool. That's so crazy. Yeah, it's like I worked so hard at being gay for so long. <laughs> right, right, right. That, like, That's the, what it's all about. <laughs> but you're like Pete Buttigieg. Like, you're like the first one. It's so exciting. You know, you're not <laughs> the first person to say that. To compare you <laughs> yeah. to our future president. What a trailblazing <laughs> person I am. Um, and you also won Dancing with the Stars. I did. That's another thing that is Just a little special. cha-cha for a trophy. Yes. <laughs> I was born at Mercy Hospital, November 11, 1989 in Scranton, okay, Pennsylvania. Okay, Scorpio. Oh, wow. Yeah. I love a Scorpio. I know. I, was, I just read my... Queen. I am, truly. <laughs> yeah. Well, Scorpios and Tauruses are supposed to really fall in love, so you and I already I have a connection. I feel it. Kiss, 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 we just kiss, met. Kiss, kiss, kiss. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you're from... Scranton. Scranton. Yeah. Was, like, skating in the family? Is that a No, thing? skating was not in the family. So, um... So I got started in skating by accident. So I remember that, um, you know, Pennsylvania, cold winters. And so they used to flood this one baseball field over in the winter. And I remember that I had this dream. Do you guys know, like, those popcorn tins that you can get at CVS? Like, yes. last yes, minute. Yes, actually. Yeah. Do like, do of course you do. Yeah. Actually. <laughs> well, it just took me a second. And yeah. then it, like, <laughs> came like, to me. Yeah. They're my favorite, like, gift of all time. <laughs> no, they <laughs> and so that we had this one in our house and it was like this beautiful like Victorian vignette mm. of a whole like uh, community, a town um, skating. And there was this one woman in particular who was skating with um, a suitor <laughs> <laughs> and she was wearing a muff uh-huh. and she had one leg bent and she's wearing what I presumed is like a mink coat mm-hmm. okay. and yeah and so at six years old I looked at this popcorn tin and I was like that's me <laughs> <laughs> I can do that <laughs> I was like I can so do that and it was I, and I had this like complete vision of like this is how it was going to go when I went 
and I skated for the first time at Montage Mountain. And um, I go on to the, well, first I'm getting ready and I'm like, yeah. mom, can we please get a muff? And she's like, no. And so I was like, you're a bitch. And so I had to skate. <laughs> I without believe a, that you said that as a kid. Your <laughs> yeah, uh, you're a bitch. And um, so I went and I stepped onto the ice and I was like, "This is going to be it. This is like the moment I fall in love." And um, I fell and I got up and I fell again and I was like, "I hate this. I never want to be back." And the only thing I wanted was like a hot pretzel with mustard mm-hmm. and a Swiss Miss hot chocolate. Okay, yeah. me. Yeah, yeah. that's my winter. So I didn't even start skating again until a few years later when I went to um, a friend's birthday party in school and then I was like I love this why did you love it that time um because I was older and I didn't even think to bring a muff oh <laughs> so it was the muff's fault absolutely it's always a muff's fault ba- I mean <laughs> yeah. hard to balance with a muff like, don't you need your arms well yeah, like, how do you catch yourself when you fall yeah that's just- tough don't fall oh yeah oh, okay. use your head <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah and then, so at this at this party, like, were you good? Like, were you no, better than anybody else? Well, I remember that I would like go into the middle of the rink, and the middle of the rink is sort of like designated for all of the skaters that know how to skate and they want to like try tricks. Mm-hmm. And so I like you know, shuffle pumped my way into the center, and I was like, "Show me how." And she's like, you can't do that, whatever she was doing. A go-getter. And um, so then, uh, you know, I'm a Scorpio. Uh-huh. I was persistent. I kept asking my mom to bring me back and back to the rink. And then persistent, finally. Slytherin. Absolute. Energy. Snake. <laughs> <laughs> and um, for a birthday present, I got signed up for the group classes. And that's how I got started. Who's, who gave you that present? My mother. Ugh, so your mom really owes. She's the one you have to give your medal to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> my parents have asked if they could have like one of the Grammys at their like, house no. and I'm like no yeah. <laughs> what about like a vase yeah, yeah. you can take a picture I'll take a of picture the Grammys and I'll frame and it, it yeah. and I'll send it to <laughs> did they really ask if they could yeah yeah they were like just one of them you have three and then we can show our friends and family it's actually really sweet and I totally should do it like yeah. I'm sure anyone else would <laughs> um, my next question is did you like end up having mom or dad like stage version like what's the stage mom equivalent in ice skating? we just called like them a like a, oh, a skating parent okay skating. did you have a skating parent? like a rink mom were they like do they fight with um other? so basically so you know scranton isn't like a hotbed of like up-and-coming <laughs> talent <laughs> <laughs> you know what i mean they're not like oh let's go to scranton uh-huh. and we'll find the recruits for the yeah. next olympics <laughs> Did you have competition at all in Scranton? No. Or were you just like easily the best? I was like, like I took- That's like, good for your self-esteem. <laughs> oh yeah. I took three lessons and I was like, I am some big ass fish in this little <laughs> pond. Yeah. Um, so what ended up happening is, is that um, I did a competition in the Philadelphia area. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> Big city. Very Mary Tyler Moore of Maine. Uh-huh. Like, mm-hmm. ooh. And um, I, uh, my mom picked up a pamphlet of this like one- um, Russian woman. Cause uh-huh. my mom was like, Russian equals good. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I took lessons with her. And the first thing that she told me later that she thought was like, Oh, it's so sad that like she has, you know, this really talented boy is coming in, but he's like so fat. <gasps> but I was wearing like butt pads and like a million, like three old Navy tech vests. <laughs> oh my God. How old are you at this point? 10. Oh. oh no, that's not the a good coach, age to be called coach. fat. <laughs> I mean, you know what? Start him young. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Was this the only coach that fat shamed? You've told me a fat shame story before. Is no, that the coach I've been fat shamed my entire career. 
Oh wow! My favorite, You're the skinniest person I've ever seen. I don't know what to tell you. I, I literally have to like run around the shower to get wet. <laughs> yeah, it's just like me, like literally looking, you know, <laughs> like any stream of water. Yeah, I'm like, I'm just like I haven't showered. <laughs> like I'm trying to be clean, but like all the water misses my like slight frame. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> I'm just like, why? And just like, it's like. You know, it's like hard oh, being no. like pretty and thin, but like I've managed so far. Ah. Were you like in the room when she said that, or did she say it to your mom? She said it later. Later, because um, she went to a competition with me, and of course I was in like some like dance skin outfit that my mom found in a catalog, and I was like uh. super thin, and she was like, <gasps> "He dropped the weight. He dropped." The weight. <laughs> but it was just the butt pads. Oh, it no. was just the excessive padding and fleece. So you, you never, you never like had to lose weight for. Your career. Of course I had to lose weight for my career. I was competing against 18-year-olds and 17-year-olds, right. and I was, like, pushing like 30. every pound right. counts? Every every pound counts, especially when your genes are, like, you know, you're from Irish immigrants who are on their knees picking potatoes for 30 <laughs> yeah, years. Yeah, yeah. Wait, I'm sorry, I have, a, I have an ignorant question. Do you have to lose the weight, like, for, like, aesthetic reasons or because, like, literally it's, like, hard to jump when you're bigger? You know, there, there are people who um, I think take it that way yeah. where um got like oh if i you know maybe i'd get judged better if i wasn't like heavy or, or right. if i was smaller uh-huh. um cuz all of if you're an athlete you're not you're not fat yeah um but i found that i took it like both ways sometimes yeah. that i was like Ugh, somebody's calling me fat but then when i got older and i was like losing trying to stay as slight as possible um, it really was like mechanical. Mm-hmm. It wasn't, I never looked in the mirror and was like, get off my body. Like I just, uh. <laughs> but I was in the mirror, like get off my money. Uh, but like, so I can be better. Right. So I can be better. Yeah. Oh right, my that's God. Intense. It was never like a dysmorphia sort of thing. Uh-huh. It was just like a physical, like I, I need to keep this way. I needed to stay 142 pounds. That was like the, the golden. Wow. And if, and, and on my driver's license, I put, um, 140 because I was like it's a vision board uh-huh. <laughs> my driver's license now says 165 because it's like I'm trying to bulk right right oh right yeah. so you just keep that as a goal. you manifest yeah, yeah it's sort of like you, you throw that's a the dart. lesson of this podcast that is the lesson of this podcast <laughs> um okay so what's like training look like for you um so if I was training out in Philadelphia this meant that um you know this is two hours um not like in LA two hours where it's like, oh, it's just like a, a, a light jaunt, but it's like you're trying <laughs> yeah. to get from Hollywood and Highland and Hollywood yeah. to like another cross street. Uh-huh. I, don't know. <laughs> I don't know my cross streets very Coenga, well. Yeah. Lancashire. Yeah, exactly. It's just like, it, like they intersect. Um, <laughs> um, so I, at first was living, um, this is like the first time I started living away from home and I started living with like different families who lived closer to the rink. Okay. So I was like 13 Whoa. when I moved away from home. And you're doing that to pursue being in the Olympics? Or you were yes. just like, wanting, okay, so you had it like in your mind at what age, 13? And, and did this come from you? Like, did you want to be, like, where did this come from? What was this desire? Um, it was, you know, my, my mom was definitely there to like help me, mm-hmm. but this was completely my own idea, something I wanted to do. Yeah. Um, wow. It was just like my passion and mm-hmm. I would, I would do anything. And I remember like there were a few times where I was going to have to stay with like a family that I didn't know and mm-hmm. I'd be home and I'd be like, yeah, I can do it. And I'd go to my room and I'd be like, <laughs> they're <Yeah>. so weird. <laughs> were you moment. born like intense and passionate like that? Or do your parents like raise you to be like that? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think it's a combo of both. So like I, um, when I was young, I would, 
uh, go to school as like most people. Yeah, do. apparently you have to. Yeah, it's, it's like I really tried to bypass that. Yeah. <laughs> and um, the law was like, no. And I was like, mm, okay. It's yeah. so interesting. I had a similar story. Because um, <laughs> <laughs> I met your mom and she's like so fucking supportive and awesome. I was like, oh, I see. Yeah. I yeah. Yeah. So my, my mom, so when I would go to school, I remember like I would not get out of the car until I would scream to my mom over and over, pick me up at 245, pick me up at 245. Cause I was just so anxious. Bitch. Yeah. And it was like, whore. Um, and, uh, I was just always super intense and I was intense about everything. Like I remember one time, like I, I would cry all the time at school. Was it anxiety based? Well, so and, and like, and I thought it would help me lose weight. Right, right, right. <laughs> Lose the water weight. Yeah. Um, but it was just, all, it was like all this anxiety. And skating was the first thing that I didn't have, like, it felt like a way for me to release that. Because as a oh, wow. like, small kid, I, you know, I love sports, but I was not good at any of them. Yeah, that's a common theme amongst like people who are good at something because yeah. I feel like singing was the only place I felt like totally safe. So I totally. just did it all the time. It's just, it's like when you find that one thing that like, you're good at. I, I remember um, I took tennis lessons and um, Birchwood Racket Club. Hey, shout <laughs> out. And um, I didn't like it. And I remember that the coach asked the whole class, like, who is the best tennis player in the world? And like, of course, I'm over here, like my hand scratching my butt cheeks and picking my nose. And I'm like, you are. <laughs> and he was like asking, like, he's like, no, for real. And I was like, yeah, never saw it. <laughs> and he was like, you know, if you really like tennis, you will learn everything about it. Right. You'll- yeah. Right. Oh, wow. Oh, frog in my throat. <laughs> it's like I also found singing and it just didn't find me. That is true. You can't, you don't like choose to be passionate about something. It's like right. you are obsessed it, with it if yeah. you're obsessed with that. Yeah. True. And I had a million VHS tapes of skating and I watched really? them over wow. and over and over. Yeah. And it was just something- Did your parents think this was like, were they, like, did they believe you? Like- for me, my parents was like, oh, cute, she wants to be a singer. And then by the time I was 14, 15, they're like, oh, shit, she's like still saying it. Like, did your parents get it? Like, did they believe it right off the bat? Were they on board? Like, what was their feeling about I it? I think at first it was like, maybe this is just another thing that I'm going to be trying yeah. and doing. Um, but I would do things like go the extra mile. Like, yeah. I remember there was um, like ice time in the morning. And my mom is like, okay, I don't think I can make it because I'm one of six kids. Ice time before school? Mm-hmm. What time? Like 6 a.m. What it's age like on the was, ice. were you doing this? Uh, maybe like 10, 11. Wow. Whoa. That's dedication. I know. It's like so early. And there's six so kids. Early. Six. Yeah. Okay. Um, so uh, my mom is like, you know, I have to get everybody ready for school. Yeah. So I remember waking up at four o'clock in the morning <laughs> and I would wake everybody up. I would give everybody like, a, like bathe all my siblings. <laughs> oh, oh my God. God. Yeah. God. Was so, Are you the oldest? I'm the oldest. Wow. So I'd get everybody ready. I would do like my sister's hair because that was another like traumatic experience in the morning of doing my sister's hair. And I remember <laughs> I like got really into it. I was like very, um, you know, like Meticulous. Nikki tutorials. Yeah. And like um, did my sister's hair in two pigtail braids that I clipped up into a halo. Oh, wow. My wow. sister rocked that style. Oh my God. And, and I would tell so them. So you're an intense kid. If you're getting that vibe. <laughs> um, so I remember, I remember doing that and they wouldn't get up in the, that early. So I told them, I was like, you're late. And so they'd be like, oh my God, you're oh late. God, yeah. And so then I'd be like, just kidding. You have two hours before school. So then I'd turn on Roly Poly Oli and they were like, this is amazing. Oh, wow. So then I'd wake my that. mom up and I'm like, can we go? And she's like, I have to get everybody ready. And I'm like, <laughs> fuck you. They are. I would go wow. home. I would make sure everybody's homework was done. 
because wow. I didn't want there wow. to be like any excuse of why I wasn't able to get to the rink. Are your siblings like this at all? Or is this like a you thing? Uh, well, you know, it's, it's hard for me to say how they were like growing up because I was away all the time. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but that being said, I think my mom kind of instilled that level of like, if you're going to do it, you have to give it a hundred percent. Um, my brother graduated last year from Columbia with a master's degree in biostatistics. Oh wow. Okay. And then my brother's other brother is graduating, um, law school this weekend. And Damn. yeah, wow. I got to say a theme. It's been fun about this is I'm noticing themes okay. from like what, <laughs> what works. This is our research. And like, and like one of them is like good parents. Good like, parenting, and that yeah. sucks because you can't really thing. do anything about it. But like, yeah. But if you're a parent, I guess out there you can like like and good mentors. Yeah, good, good yeah, mentors. Good, yeah, good leaders. Like somebody, good to, coaches, somebody and good to, to to um like look to and learn what work ethic means. Like what it means to like because so many of our guests have said something like, and I feel like you and I had the same thing. We had our episode. Like our parents just kind of set up an environment where right. you just did it. Like if yeah. you were gonna do something, you just did it. Like there was no like half assing things. Yeah, and and parents, we're learning yeah. that in our formative years too, yeah. which is what's crazy. I, I feel right. like if you don't have good parenting, it's a little bit harder. It's you so can still harder. do it, but yeah, it's just yeah, like yeah, you yeah. don't have that instilled but in maybe you you're, maybe you're right. It's not it's not parents necessarily. It's just like some one. Like I think some, it's somebody holding you accountable. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Mm. And you're actually working hard. Right. Mm. It's the accountability that makes the biggest difference yeah. because it's like if you're just, you can go and just go and, and you can be talented and good at something, but it's not always the most talented person. I'm not the most talented person. Right. I mean, I'm the prettiest, but it's the like prettiest <laughs> and the skinniest. Yeah. And the thinnest, which like really like helped me push the extra mile when I was felt like <laughs> yeah. hosting. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> um, but it was, it was just that, like, um, that accountability that like yeah. I needed to have all these things. Yeah. Checked that's from, a huge thing. That is you know. huge. Yeah. We were just doing a podcast with Kevin from my band and he's the same way. He's like, mm-hmm. I'm actually not the best at what I do. Yeah. I just actually put in the hours and I don't quit because it's, it's so funny how you can get away with it. My dad <laughs> wanted to be like a major league baseball player. And mm. I remember this one story my dad told me where he like got had the chance to like go to one of these like trainings and he was with like one of the teams and he was like it was like the first time in my life where he was like I it was like never gonna happen and like I was way out of yeah my league and I remember that and I'm like mm, it's not gonna happen to me yeah totally happen. I still to this day have the same sort of like delusion mm-hmm. which yeah. I try to keep with me because I think you need it no, I totally you need agree. it you I need think it. it's really helpful and because I think it, it can be learned too it's yeah. like it's just like you if you lean in and you dive in it's mm-hmm. like insane it's not That's even cool. like it's just the fear of failing that holds us back right 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 yeah and and I think like even later in my career um you know the trajectory of where my career was going like I on paper should have been successful way earlier. Mm. Um, but I was really lucky that I wasn't because I had to like learn all of these like adult yeah. life things. You say this yeah, so I feel um, it's, yeah. it's just, it's like the greatest gift that I didn't it know is. that I was getting. It yeah. Is. And it, it's really powerful when you realize that like failure is kind of like a good thing. It's so useful. I mean, I always say like I, I was signed and draft and I've been through just like so many ups and downs in the music industry. And it's been so painful, but what's been so, so I can't deny is that it made me a million times better artist. Mm-hmm. I feel like I finally have something to say. I actually serve a purpose. I yeah. actually, there's like something, there's, there's an a reason why I'm here. Yeah, yeah. you know, it's like, and, and I always could sing, but I, I don't necessarily think I was an artist until I failed because failure is mm-hmm. tight. Tight, <laughs> failure is tight is the theme. That's so sick. <laughs> failure is so sexy. But it's that like, that the, 
when I did the best in my career, it was like when I felt at rock bottom. Mm. And you don't wow. need to hit rock bottom to have that. And what rock bottom is, is that you have nothing to lose. Right. And when you yeah. go into something and you're like, just, this is it. Yeah, totally. Yeah. It's okay. It's, this is very Brene Brown. I just watched uh, her special. I love Brene Brown. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. But it's like she's talking about how everything is based in shame. You're, yeah. You don't follow your dreams because you're f- afraid of failure because mm-hmm. you don't want to feel ashamed because totally. we're all so scared to feel ashamed. Yeah. And like once you're like, fuck it. I don't even care if I feel ashamed. Yeah, and no, you like lean true. into that vulnerability. No, it's like just, yeah. it, everything kind of falls into place. It's, it's, it's wild. All right, you guys. That's the end of part one of our conversation with Adam Ripon. Tune in next time for the second part of our conversation.